We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Wednesday, July the 27th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. And on today's show, we continue along the 2022 opponent preview series. Guys, today I am breaking down the Gamecocks week six opponent, the Kentucky Wildcats. I'll talk UK in their entirety, including their head coach, how they fared a season ago, their best returning players on offense and defense. And I'll give my overall outlook for Mark Stoops squad and the outlook of that game with the Gamecocks as well. Also, guys, we have your listener questions and a fantastic interview as we had an unexpected call yesterday on the Daily Crow. Former South Carolina defensive tackle Kelsey Quarles chimed in and we had a full conversation about 20 minutes or so and guys, a conversation that I know that you are sure to enjoy. Guys, we got a packed show for you here on this Wednesday and of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app, go to SeatGeek.com and when you do, use the promo code SPURSUP to get $20 off your first purchase of any purchase of $50 or more. Guys, whatever you need tickets to, they've got it, whether be Gamecock sporting events, concerts, comedy club events. Also, they've got what's called a deal score. So when you go to their website or their app, they're going to tell you exactly where you're sitting, how much you're paying. So you know when you click that buy button, you're getting the absolute most bang for your buck. So again, guys, that's our friends over at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And when you do, use that promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase of any purchase of $50 or more. Let's get it. Gentlemen, what's going on? Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Hope you are all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always, and we have got a packed show for you here on this Wednesday. First things first, of course, I hope this show does find you well. No matter where you are, what you are doing, 
You know, positive momentum is a beautiful thing. And these days, I am addicted to positive momentum. And we're talking TSUS. You got to mention positive momentum and all of the exciting things happening. Guys, I stay busy constantly, 24-7, 365. Ask anybody in my life, but never, ever forget. And I'm sure many of you out there can relate. Being busy is a blessing. So never, ever forget complain about it. On that note, guys, a couple of quick reminders and housekeeping items. Of course, tomorrow we will be at Carolina Ale House in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Those festivities will get going at six o'clock. We'll go six until whenever you guys want to leave. Uh, we'll probably start our Q&A session and start talking Gamecocks and taking some questions from you guys around 7.30 or so, maybe 8 o'clock, whatever it might be, we'll sort of just feel it out. But going to be a great night of fellowship and a great night hanging out with Gamecocks. Again, guys, I'm really excited. Yes, it's going to be a bit of a drive, but I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I haven't even been to Myrtle Beach since like 2015 and actually going to spend the night up there and go to the beach, have a little beach day on Friday. So really, really looking forward to hanging out with a lot of you up there and a lot of Gamecocks that I don't think I've had the opportunity to meet because, again, we've just never been up that way to that location. So, again, guys, that is tomorrow night. It is the location. I believe it's on Hollywood Drive right there in the middle of the action. Carolina Ale House in Myrtle Beach. Everything gets going at 6 o'clock. Also, by the way, we will have the Beamer Ball towels. We will have koozies. We'll have those things on hand. And, again, cannot wait to see each and every single one of you out there for the TSUS tour. Guys, on that note, of course, because we will be on the road tomorrow and Friday, there will be no Daily Crow. I have made the decision. There will be no TDC tomorrow and Friday, but stay tuned. I might be doing like a Twitter space or some other type of live content or what have you. Either way, content bleeding out the eyeballs, but there will be no TDC for the next two days. So if you're hearing this in the morning on Wednesday, tune in the Daily Crow today, get your questions in, get your comments, what have you, um, but because we'll be traveling, no TDC on Thursday and Friday. Also on the merchandise side of the business, guys, in case you missed it, very, very exciting. By popular demand, as we all know, the Beamer Rattler 22 merch, one of our most popular items. I think it actually is the most popular uh, selling item in the year 2022, the Beamer Rattler 22 merch by popular demand, is now available in garnet and black. We've got garnet and black trucker hats. We've got garnet and black t-shirts. We've got garnet and black comfort colors, all that good stuff. So again, I feel like I'm probably some of you out there, I'm your, your wallet's worst enemy. But uh, I tell you, the, 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 the Beamer Rattler 22 on white looks so good. But I got to be honest, guys, that Beamer Rattler 22 design on black, it, it just hits different. Even on that Garnet Comfort Color shirt, I mean, it absolutely pops. So I'll be loading up on some of it for me, but be sure to check that out, TSUS.store. That's TSUS.store. And guys, finally, again, on the merchandise side of the business, as you all know lately, the momentum with Todd and Moore has been incredible. We've got our latest order with them, should be hitting their shelves uh, either tomorrow or Friday. Rivals in Florence, South Carolina has put in yet another order. So more merchandise at Rivals on the way. They're going to be carrying our QB1 shirts. They'll be the Garnet QB1 shirts, the chicken with the Afro, and then the Beamer Ball hats, both Garnet and Black, the trucker hats, both Garnet and Black. So you can find our merch on TSUS.store. You can find it at Rivals. You can find it at Todd and Moore. And again, guys, thank y'all so much for the continued love and support because the reason that places like Rivals and Todd and Moore and these others the reason they keep ordering is because y'all are buying it. So, again, thank y'all so much, man, for the continued love and support. I cannot say enough. It's absolutely incredible.
comfortable and we're just continuing this positive momentum as we get closer and closer and closer to kickoff, just 38 days away. And guys, fall camp starts next Friday. We're 10 days away until the Gamecocks are back on the football field in some capacity. Cannot wait. On that note, let's go ahead and dive into it, guys. We continue along the 2022 opponent preview series on today's show. We're breaking down Carolina's week six opponent, the Kentucky Wildcats. Saturday, October the 8th at Kroger Field. The two teams will do battle. South kind of leads the series 18, 14, and 1. But we all know the recent history is the Cats have won seven of the last eight matchups. And, of course, that includes last year. Last year's meeting, Kentucky won that ball game by a final score of 16 to 10 at williams Bryce Stadium in a game that many of us still talk about and look back on and say – Man, oh, man, how did Carolina lose that game? You're at home. You won the turnover battle 3-0, to zero, and South Carolina still, for whatever reason, offensively just could not get the job done. The Cats have owned South Carolina of late, and the Gamecocks will look to change that this season on the road. You look at Kentucky last year, extremely successful, 10-3, and 5-3 and in SEC play, and they won the Citrus Bowl over the Iowa Hawkeyes, more on their 2021 season in just a second. Guys, their head coach, of course, is Mark Stoops coming into his 10th season. He is 59 and 53 there as their head coach. And I tell you, man, give Mark Stoops credit. And I said this a couple of years ago, and it pissed a lot of people off because, of course, Will Muschamp was still the head coach at this time. And, you know, there were still sort of some people on the fence about Muschamp and his future as South Carolina's head football coach. But I said it then, Mark Stoops was everything that Will Muschamp is not. And what I meant by that was this, is that Mark Stoops at Kentucky, you can say whatever you want about Kentucky football. Listen, we all feel some type of way about Kentucky. But give credit to UK for sticking it out with Mark Stoops. You know, things were rough early on. They were not very good. They were not going to ball games, or excuse me, not going to bowl games. And their patience has paid off tremendously. Because now what you have under Stoops is a program that they know their identity, they have their culture established, and they go out and recruiting and they find guys that fit that identity. They find guys that want to rock that Kentucky blue. They find tough kids. They may not recruit at an elite level, but they're getting there in there. They're playing. They're fitting to their system. They're fitting their scheme. They're fitting to their culture. They're tough, hard-nosed guys, right? They play Kentucky football the way Mark Stoops wants to do it, and he gets the most out of the talent that's on campus. And, again, you've got to give credit where credit's due, and Mark Stoops has done a fantastic job with that program, I mean, I never thought we'd see Kentucky. I mean, you saw last week, Kentucky picked to finish second, guys. Second in the SEC East, ahead of Florida, ahead of Tennessee, and, of course, ahead of South Carolina. It's wild what Stoops has done, bringing them to 10-win seasons, taking them to four straight bowl games. I think it's four straight bowl victories they have. So, Kentucky has had unprecedented success over the last five, six years or so, and it really is all credit to Mark Stoops and the job his staff has done again, guys. We mentioned 2021. Let's look at how they fared a season ago and go through the schedule. Kentucky started the season winning their first one, two, three, four, five, six games. The Cats started six and zero last year, guys. They beat ULM, Missouri, Chattanooga at Carolina. They beat Florida and then beat LSU at home, 42 to 21, to start six and zero. That led to the matchup at Georgia. They lost that game to the Dogs. 30 to 13, and then in a really surprising outcome, lost the following week to Mississippi State, 31 to 17, then lost to Tennessee the following week, 45 to 42. So one six straight 
dropped three straight before winning their final three in the regular season, beating Vandy, New Mexico State, and Louisville, before finally capping it off with a Citrus Bowl victory over the Iowa Hawkeyes 20-17. to So, again, a 10-win season for Kentucky, nine in the regular season, 10 with a bowl game, and they will be looking to build on that and having to reload the roster. They'll have to reload that roster and retool some things. Who will it be led by? Let's look at their best returning players on offense and defense. And, guys, I went – Sort of back and forth on this for a little bit because you look in the running game is really the bread and butter of Kentucky football. It has been for years. But when you've got a guy on your offense that is getting the type of hype that Will Levis is, I think you've got to anoint him as their best returning player on the offensive side. You look at his stats last year, 233 for 353, 2,827 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. Hey, he also did work on the ground to 107 carries, 376 yards, and nine touchdowns. Now, what's been so interesting about Levis, though, you know, I look back at last year, I thought he was a solid quarterback. I think he, I thought he was a solid signal caller, did good things for Kentucky. But the hype he's been getting in the preseason, the hype he's been getting this offseason, so much so, I mean, there's been some services out there that think he's going to be the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft, for goodness sake. Will Levis is being thought of in such a high light. Is it too much pressure? Is it too much hype? We'll talk more about that in just a second. But he is, I think, their best training player on offense. He is the guy. I know Chris Rodriguez Jr., if he can get past the DUI he had earlier this preseason, I mean, he's going to be a guy they lean on. He's one of the better backs in the SEC. But I think with Will Levis, he is the dude. He's going to be at the hands of the controls. You know, you lose Wandale Robinson on the offensive side. He's going to have to figure it out offensively and be that guy and live up to these hype and expectations for Kentucky to have the type of season they want to have you then look at the defensive side their best returning players on defense and this is a defense that lost a lot last year but got a big boost when DeAndre Square the linebacker announced he was coming back to school last season 81 tackles nine and a half tackles for loss and three sacks for Square again guys when you play Kentucky you know what you're going to get they're going to be very very physical they're going to be hard-nosed and we've seen it with South Carolina why had the Gamecocks lost seven of their last eight to Kentucky well the guys the reason is this you've gotten physically whipped at the line of scrimmage. And last year really was no different. And a guy like Square in the middle certainly leads that. Uh, he is that hard-nosed linebacker. And I think when you look at the guys they have returning, he is going to be the leader of that defense. Guys, let's move to our overall outlook for the Kentucky Wildcats as well as this week six matchup in Lexington. And when you talk UK, guys, again, I'm going to go back to Will Levis. My question simply is, can he live up to the hype? Because, again, he had a solid year last year. The once Penn State transfer had a solid year was a solid signal caller. But to be proclaimed as the number one draft pick, it, it almost feels, and I hate to say this because now he's on our side, it almost feels like the hype that Spencer Rattler got last year going into the season for Oklahoma and what happened. I mean, Rattler unfortunately lost his starting job and just did not have the type of year the pressure and the expectations got to him. Now, the good news for Levis is this. What's so interesting about the Kentucky program. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to have some, some great feel right on the pulse of Kentucky football, but, and their fan base especially. But I still feel like with Kentucky, like the expectations aren't to a point at Kentucky to where he's going to be feeling any type of crazy amount of heat, right? Like really how high are the expectations from the fan base, the administration, 
How high are they really? I don't know that there'll be anything like what Spencer Rattler faced at Oklahoma, but I just wonder how good is Will Levis really? And a lot of the narrative around this Kentucky team, that's going to be my question. How good are they really? You know, how good is Will Levis really? Again, he was solid last year. You look at the numbers, they're quality numbers. They're not through the roof, though. And the fact that a guy like Will Levis is getting more hype and more love than a Spencer Rattler? Like that, that to me is a confusing thing. Speaking of that, guys, when you look at this game, the Levis against Rattler matchup, I think will be one of the better quarterback match- matchups in the SEC throughout the season. Um, I think it's going to be really those two guys duking it out. I think the defenses probably will play well, but it's going to be those two guys. Whoever has a better night is probably who's going to win the ball game. So my question, though, going back to Levis, can he just live up to the hype? You know what I mean? I mean, we're talking about a guy projected to be the number one overall draft pick. I don't know if he's quite that guy. And I understand he's had some good workouts in the preseason, this, that, whatever. But, like, I, it just feels like to me the hype is crazy. The hype is crazy. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure where it's all coming from. When you go to the other side of the football, guys, looking at Kentucky, just who steps up on the U.K. defense? Because Kentucky, get this, only has nine starters returning this season, just four on the offensive side and five on the defensive side. I mean, guys, they lost some generational talent on defense with Josh Pascal and Marquand McCall moving on to the NFL. Um you know, this is a defensive line that, you know, has been hyped up for a while. Former five-star signee Justin Rogers at nose guard, Octavius Oxendine, uh, Trayvon Ripka, Josiah Hayes. They were all four-star guys in the 2020 class. So they've got some talent up front. They've got some talent up front. And again, guys, like I've said before, um, the front seven is where Kentucky has whooped Carolina's ass of late. But they lost some big pieces. Who steps up on that Kentucky defense? Again, DeAndre Square is a big one that returns. Uh, safety Tyrell Ajan. Uh, Jaquez Jones, Jordan Wright, all those other linebackers as well. But I would expect the same thing, man, you always get from Kentucky. Just a hard-nosed defense, a hard-nosed football team. They're going to try to whoop your ass at the line. But, um, you know, all the losses, both offensively and defensively, I mean, again, you lose Wondell Robinson. They lose lose three of their five starting linemen up front. You know, they do lose a lot. And on that defensive side, I just wonder which of these guys are going to step up for UK. Can Square be that hard-nosed hitter in the middle? Can uh, can can Ajon lead them in the back half and the defensive line, guys? They have to replace the entire defensive front. Will their recruits and will their prospects live up to lofty expectations? Looking at Kentucky as a whole, guys, I asked this question. Again, UK was picked to finish second in the East. And what's so interesting about the SEC East as a whole is that, you know, it's clearly Georgia at the top and it's clearly Vandy at the bottom. And two through six really is a crapshoot. Who knows what's going to happen? Can Kentucky really challenge Georgia in any sort of way? And I think most of us are going to say no. I think most of us are going to say no. And if you look through those teams two through six, let's just put Mizzou at the bottom as well. Out of Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, and South Carolina, which of those four teams most likely or has the best chance to challenge a Georgia, to knock off a Georgia? Because, I mean, you look at the Georgia schedule. I know we already taught Georgia, but you look at the Georgia schedule. I mean, their toughest game, Tennessee at home, their second toughest, you could say it's at Kentucky. And again, you look at their 2022 schedule, uh, Kentucky has, it's their second to last game. They host the Georgia Bulldogs on November the 19th. So maybe they catch them at a point where they could get them. But uh, I, I just, do we really see UK as a real threat after being picked to finish second in the SEC East? I, I don't know. And again, I just ask, is Kentucky really that good? Because for whatever reason, guys, I, I feel like I've been, you know, I've been someone that I have put, 
as much respect, if not more respect, on Kentucky's football name than any Gamecocks fan or any Gamecocks content creator that is out there. Because I think you have to when you look at what Kentucky has done. But is this sustainable? Like, I just, I just feel like at some point Kentucky's going to turn back into the Kentucky of old, the Kentucky we know. You know, it's almost hard to wrap your head around to understand how can Kentucky be so good? How can Kentucky win 10 games? How can Kentucky recruit at the level in which they recruited? You feel like, or at least I feel like, and I'm not trying to even be disrespectful, but just my honest opinion, I feel like at some point they're going to turn back into the Kentucky we all know and love. Uh, Looking at this matchup specifically, guys, you know, I've talked about biggest swing games. I've talked about most important games. Guys, I look at this game against Kentucky, against the Cats, right? You're coming off of games against Charlotte and SC State. The Gamecocks should be well-rested, should have a lot of positive momentum, be ready to go playing their best football. It's not the most important game. It's not the biggest swing game in Lexington, but what I look at this game as, this game is probably the biggest inflection point of the 2022 season. And, of course, if you do not know what an inflection point is, what I mean by that is this. This game against Kentucky is going to determine which way, which direction this season goes, right? And this is assuming that my predictions go to the way that I have picked to this point. You know, if you beat Arkansas, I think that changes everything, right? But if you are sitting there at three and two, right, and the following week, After Kentucky, you have your bye week, right? You're sitting there at three and two. You go into Lexington. You're 0-2 in SEC play. Again, this is if things go true to my predictions. This game serves as an inflection point because I look at it this way, guys. To get to seven or more wins, I really think you need to start four and two. I think a three and three start going into the bye week is going to be very meh for the South Carolina fan base. And even for the national folks that look at Gamecocks football because – is it good enough to just say at the halfway point, well, you know, you, you've beaten everybody you're supposed to, but and you lost the ones you were supposed to. Is it going to be good enough to be 3-3, three 0-3 three, oh in the SEC without a quality win going into the bye week? I just don't think so. And I think it's going to be too much to ask this team to go into the second half of the season and win four of six games to get to seven wins. Like, I just don't know that's really realistic. So I see this game as an inflection point. The season's going to go one of two directions, right, after this game in Lexington. You're either going to beat Kentucky, and it's going to be, or at least have the opportunity to be a great season, or you're going to lose to Kentucky for the eighth time in the last nine years. You're going to be scratching your head wondering what in the world is going on. Are we getting the most out of Spencer Rattler? Are we getting the most out of the talent we brought on campus? Because right now we don't have a quality win and half of the season has been played. It is a massive game. Again, it may not be the most important. It may not be the biggest swing game, but it is the biggest inflection point of this season. And I'll tell you this, guys, as I told you all when I made my predictions and my picks, Spencer Rattler, right? This entire season comes down to him. We can talk Wells. We can talk Christian Beal Smith. We can talk Stogner. We can talk the defensive guys you added. We can talk Clayton White. This team is going to go as far as Spencer Rattler takes them. Bottom line, and when I look at this game, if Spencer Rattler is who I think he is, he doesn't lose to the Cats, guys. And that might be an unfair expectation to put on him because he's just one player of 11 on that offense. He's just one of 22 on this football team. But, damn it, he's the most important one we have. 
So if Spencer Rattler's the guy that I think he is, he doesn't lose to Kentucky. I don't care if it's on the road, it's at home, it's a neutral site. I don't really give a damn. He doesn't lose to Kentucky. That's it. Bottom line. It's, it's, it's a massive game for the Carolina program, right? And I talked about it. I've got in my notes right here. Just how big is beating Kentucky? It's massive, dude. It's massive because, you know, we've talked about it a lot. We talked about it when Muschamp was the head coach. And this is still – I put all types of respect on Kentucky. But when you're talking about trajectory and SEC East hierarchy and the direction of your program, guys, I'm sorry, but it is really hard to justify that your program is really on the up and up if you've got a losing streak or a trend against Kentucky that is losing eight of the last nine. I mean, they have dominated you over the last decade. And so at some point, guys, I'm sorry to tell you, if you lose to Kentucky this year, guess what? Kentucky, there'll be no denying it. They're a better football program than you right now. There's just no denying it because on-field results, they matter. You can't say that they don't. You can't say they don't, right? So it's massive for this game, Cox football program, to get this wildcat-sized monkey off their back and finally beat UK and especially take advantage of UK when they lost so much, just nine starters returning. And you look at last year, most people feel like South Carolina should have beaten, beaten Kentucky. The game, Cox should have beaten UK, right? If you could have scored at all, right? If you had Rattler on that team last year, you whoop Kentucky's ass in front of your home crowd, most likely. So... It's a pivotal game. It's a massive game. Again, if you're Shane Beamer, guys, it don't matter who the head coach is. There are many things that Gamecock fans can get over. I said this last year. There are many things that Gamecock fans can live with. Losing to Kentucky in football is not one of them. My last point on this game, guys, is this, and just the dynamic of this matchup, is just the road woes for South Carolina. Obviously, this is not going to be your first road game of the season. You'll play Arkansas at Arkansas, but – I've mentioned it before. For the Gamecocks to have a successful season, they got to win on the road. And you'll go into Lexington, which I don't think is, is one of the more elite atmospheres in the SEC, but it's good enough. It's good enough. And you look back, guys, what's so interesting, if you look back at the history of South Carolina football and just even when we were really good, even when we were beating Kentucky's ass year after year after year after year, if you look back at it, we have really, really struggled in Lexington. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but those games are always close. I mean, it is always a fight with Kentucky, even when they were terrible and we were really good. You look back to, to 2012 when Connor Shaw and Marcus Lattimore and those guys went up there. Guys, that was a close game up until, like, middle of the fourth quarter, and we finally pulled away. You look at 2010, Carolina lost. You look at 2014, the Gamecocks lost. I mean, the Gamecocks have not won in Lexington, guys. In a decade. Do you realize that? South Carolina will try to win in Lexington for the first time since 2012. That is insane when you think about it. So not only do you have road woes being carried over from last year, but you've got road woes being carried over, and you're trying to snap a streak of you haven't won at Kentucky's place since 2012. So a lot of big storylines in this one. Again, guys, this is going to be a pivotal game for this season. It's not the most important game of the year, and you got to give Kentucky their respect. But I'm telling you, man, if you want to win seven games this year, I think you got to beat Kentucky. If you want to win seven or more, UK is one you got to take. Because I think Arkansas is a more difficult game than Kentucky. Give Kentucky credit. They still have a good team. I think Arkansas is a more difficult game. Kentucky returns just four guys on the offense. They lose Wandale Robinson, which was a massive part of their offense, if not pretty much their entire offense. Um, they lose some key pieces defensively. And here's the thing with this matchup, guys. 
it's not like you look at a Kentucky, <laughs> like a Georgia, or you look at like an A and M and say, man, they just they, you know they just been recruiting at an elite level. They've got elite talent. Uh, you know, it's it's not a great matchup. The talent level is very comparable, right? And you look back at the recruiting rankings. Kentucky doesn't out recruit South Carolina on a yearly basis. So, and that's, I think, that's what makes it so frustrating, guys. Over the last seven of the last eight, whatever, those seven games you've lost, I think that's what's so frustrating is we look at this series and we say, you know, how many times have you come into this game and actually expect Carolina to lose? How many times? How many times have you really expected and said, man, Kentucky's just – They've just got a better football team, and they're, they're just taught about them more talented than us. And, you know, if we beat them, it'll be a massive upset. Nobody's saying that. Nobody says that when we play Kentucky. That's what makes this thing so baffling and so head-scratching. So I think it's pivotal, man, with the additions. You know, I've talked about, you know, all the additions of Rattler and Wells and Beal Smith and Devonnie Reed, Terrell Dawkins, and the list just goes on and on and on. And for me, it's going to feel – it's going to be hard to feel like you really got the return on your investment from these transfers and from these new guys you've added if you can't take down Kentucky at their place. I'm sorry. That's, it just feels like a game. It's not a must win, but it's pretty damn close to it if you want to win seven or more games, I would say. Um, so, guys, that is my breakdown. That is our opponent preview of the Kentucky Wildcats, that week six matchup. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Just how big is the Kentucky game for you. On that note, guys, let's move into our listener questions. Uh, Maddox.more says, we got this game in the bag. Beamer is the GOAT. Hey, love that. Drayton Huffman says, Cox by 90. JP Fist 33 says, W in time to show what USC's made of. I hear you. AJ Bowers 11 says, hard fought game. We win 31 to 28. By the way, on that note, what AJ just said, I did pick South Carolina. If you don't remember, I picked the game, Cox, to win this football game. Krusty Andy says, two biggest factors working against us are it's at UK. And Will Levis, yeah, I mean, again, for whatever reason, we have struggled in Lexington, man. I don't know what it is. And Levis, I'm excited to see the duel between Rattler and Levis. I really am. Uh, Marius3811 says, we were, we're winning, would have won last year with better quarterback play. Jay Davis13 underscore says, somewhat nervous but excited as hell. Will definitely be an important game this year, indeed. Uh, Big Guffy just says, ugh, and the fingers crossed emoji. I think that explains how a lot of us feel probably. Jay Caskey underscore says, Corey Rucker over Antoine Wells. That's sort of a side note. Would y'all agree with that? I think Wells right now probably, but Rucker's getting a lot of hype. Rucker's getting a lot of hype. Jay Caskey also says, are we partnering with Jordan? I have no idea. Uh, Jay Jumper 10 says, USC wins 31 to 24. Would love that. Isaac Dot Latrell, and this is the last comment. Very close loss, 27 to 24, UK. It's, it's not a bad pick. I'm not going to call you crazy for making that pick. Woo, that'd be a hard pick to live with, my guy. That'd be a hard, hard pick to live with. But it very well could happen. It very well could happen. Um, guys, appreciate the listener questions. Thank y'all always for being so interactive and bringing the heat and the banter. I truly do appreciate it. Uh, that's going to do it all for me, but don't go anywhere. We got a fantastic conversation. Great interview with former Cox defensive lineman Kelsey Quarles. And guys, this is why, honestly, I mean, there are many reasons, but this is one of the reasons you should tune in the Daily Crow on a daily basis because – you just never know who's going to call in because my plan, we had an interview scheduled and the guy canceled. I was like, okay, we just won't have an interview on today's show. And then all of a sudden, Kelsey Quarles decided to just call in out of the blue and spend 20 minutes talking kind of football. So we've got his conversation here on the back half of the show. Before we get into that, guys, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. The interview is brought to you by our friends 
at Prize Picks. And we kick off just 38 days away. Hey, I know you guys love to gamble, right? On spreads, over unders, totals, you name it. Why not win some money this fall with our friends at Prize Picks playing prop plays? Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game in the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to five players, you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks optimizers or mass multi-entry it's literally just you against the projection price picks also allows mixed sport entries so for example you can take the over on rattler passing yards parlay with the under on matt ryan passing yards parlay with nba nhl mlb it really does not matter and guys i've mentioned before how many other books do you know that actually have prop plays for college sports that makes price picks elite alone they've also got a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play and they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave Reviews again, guys. Let's break the bookie this football season with our friends at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app. Or go to PricePicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And again, we appreciate our friends over Price Picks for the love and support of the Spurs Up Show. Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Appreciate your love and support, and enjoy this interview with former Gamecocks defensive lineman Kelsey Quarles. <laughs> Kelsey, what's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, boss, man? Dude, just hanging out, man. I, I, I want to say first off, I really appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you commenting and being interactive. I know our audience absolutely enjoys it. And so uh, it's a pleasure to hear from you, man. I, I will say you're welcome to call in any time, talk football. Obviously, you, you, you know the game better than <laughs> any of us in here. And with your experience <laughs> at Carolina, man, I, I really do value this, uh, this conversation. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. What's going on? Not much, man. Just hanging out, listening listening to your show, and I, I enjoy hearing everybody's opinions about, you know, what's, what's going to go on this year and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, like I said, I, I, I'm a – my father played for South Carolina, and obviously I played for South Carolina, so no matter where I go, I, I try to stay connected any way I can. Well, yeah, man, since, since you're on the line, you know, I'll ask you your thoughts on Shane Beamer and everything. Obviously, he overachieved in year one, and I know that uh, he was gone, I think, by the time that you got there. But uh, your overall impressions, have you had any conversations with Beamer? And, I mean, obviously, again, the on-field results in year one speak for themselves. But your thoughts, just want what he's doing with the program and the future of the program under his leadership. Uh, I talked to Coach Beamer Right when he got hired, I talked to him a little bit, and um, uh, people, a lot of people don't remember Coach Beamer actually was my recruit was the recruiting coordinator for my area. So he used to come see me, DJ Sam Montgomery at that time, and um, he came up there and he he was actually one of the guys that 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 actually helped me come to South Carolina. Because I mean, at the end of the day, I knew I was coming there anyway because. If I would have if I would have went anywhere else, I think my pops would have killed me. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Coach Beamer, I think Coach Beamer gonna do a great job, man. I I think that you know in the first year of him being there, what he accomplished, taking every taking people to a bowl game and taking the team to the bowl game and uh, just getting control of the program. I mean, and you know we I see now and we also see now is not. He's not taking forever to get recruits in, and you know that's how that's how we're going to win. And I don't I don't think that this is going to be a thing where oh well we need to be patient. I don't, 
I don't think we're going to have to be patient. Um, I, I hear your predictions about this season and stuff like that. And I think, honestly, my personal opinion, I think that if we just get back to the mindset of just go out there and whip somebody like we used to have, because that's, that's just how we were. I remember when we were getting beat by Missouri and I looked at Clowney and he looked, he looked back at me and he was just like, man, forget it. Like, let's, let's just go out here and do what we got to do. And uh, we came back and won. And, I mean, once, once we get back that mentality and just saying, you know what, we don't care who's on the schedule, we don't care who's lined up against us, uh, we're just going to go out here and bust somebody's ass. And, you know, that's what that's what Coach Furrier brought us. That's what the kind of guys that we've had. And we don't have to have, you know, we don't have, we didn't have a bunch of four and five stars. We just had guys that cared and uh, guys that came from winning programs in high school and guys that just took pride in playing for South Carolina. Yeah, man, I think Beamer's definitely bringing that mentality as well. And, and like you mentioned too, man, it's crazy. I mean, we sit here and give predictions and projections and talk about being quote-unquote realistic. But I will say the way that Beamer's hit the ground recruiting and the transfer portal has really changed, I think, you know, in regards to – I don't want to say like a, a rebuild, but like you're mentioning, man, like as, as long as the time it takes to build a program because of the portal and being able to bring guys in that are maybe – you know, like a Spencer Rattler or a Wells or Devonnie Reed who are experienced, Terrell Dawkins, you know, you, you can you can speed up that process. I, I do want to ask you, Kelsey, because obviously, again, you're, you're locked in with Carolina football. You're a Gamecock. You bleed the garnet black. You watch all these games. Last year, South kind of struggled stopping the run. And we feel like for years, the defensive line, we look at it on paper and say that it should be a strength. And you know, I think there's been, in my opinion, and again, obviously you know more than I do, but there's been a multitude of reasons for that, uh, reasons for struggling stopping the run. I think linebacker's been a little bit of an area of concern for a couple of years. But we come into this season yet again feeling like we've got more than capable bodies up front. I think the linebacker position, what Clayton White and, uh, you know, what that coaching staff, that defensive staff is doing, Jimmy Lindsay, all those guys, I mean, they're doing a great job of flipping the linebacker room. But your overall thoughts coming into this season, do you think South Carolina will be better against the run? What did you see last year they need to improve on when it comes to stopping the run? Because we all saw the stats last year, Kelsey, and obviously, you know, Brad Lawing was your defensive line coach, I believe, for one season. Um, you know, and he told me straight up, he said, you never want to brag about, you know, we were top 10 in pass defense. And you never want to brag about that because all you're telling everybody is you can't stop the run because teams don't have to throw on you. Um, so what did you see last year? What do you want to see this year in regards to what you think will lead to an improved run defense? Um, I think I think the biggest thing for us now, um, we need to go find guys that uh we don't we don't have a lot of bigger big the big guys in the middle. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we got, you know, Zach picking. You know he's a T.L. Hanna guy. Uh, I watched a lot of a lot of a lot of him play, and uh, we had Ellis last year. And you know those guys were, were pretty big uh, and and stuff like that. But I mean we don't have those guys that just want to get down there and just anchor down and 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 just and just stop the run. I mean if, if you can't if you can't you can't make a team one dimensional if you don't stop the run. And I feel like you know you gotta. As a as a defensive tackle and somebody who who played down there, you have to take pride in doing that. And I just, again, the biggest my biggest problem is especially watching the D line. You know, I just don't see the physicality at times. I don't see 
the tenacity just to say, okay, I'm about to come out the ball and just whoop your ass and you're going to like it. Like, I don't, I don't see that. And um, I believe we're getting the guys in there, but the good thing about us as well, we had a rotation. It was me. It was J.T. Sarant. You had Trayvon Robinson. You had all these guys that, you know, were, you know, the Dixon brothers, uh, all these guys, Philip Duke. And mm-hmm. no matter who you put in there, you know, we we knew and we took pride in practice because one thing about Coach Lawrence, he cared about the past, but we we made sure that every day, like, you're going to stop the run. Because if you can't stop the run in the SEC, you're going to lose. Right. Like, that's just period. Too right. many good running backs. Yep. Um, but I just, I just think that we just need to get more guys that, like, you know, far as the three technique. You know, we can't – you can't be – you can't, you can't be a three technique. <laughs> and sorry to say this, you can't be a three technique in the SEC and be 285 pounds. You just can't. You, it's not gonna happen. Like it, it, those guys are too big, they're too fast, they're too strong. Uh, they're able to move people. And like I said, we were, we were, we were so rotational because we all were strong. We all had that 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 mentality. That's that's what I feel like Coach Beamer's gonna bring back to the. To, um, to this program, just the mentality of going out there and just physically, like, beating people up and being bullied. Yeah, I mean, again, you talk about it, man. It all comes down to line of scrimmage. You know, we, we get so caught up in the in the quarterback and, and the flashy players on the outside. But as much as football changes, it stays the same, man. It's, it's a line of scrimmage game for sure. And the team that, I mean, if you can take the man in front of you and move him out of the way one direction or another the way you want him to go, you typically going to win that football game. I mean, that's just bottom line. Right. I mean, and it's just like, you know, in, in 2000, uh, it was in 2012, we knew we were going to have to start Keith Marshall and Todd Gurley. Right. And we knew that was going to be hard. Yeah. Like, and it was hard. Like, that was – I've never been so amazed to look at a human being in my life when I've seen Todd Gurley line up back there. I was like, holy shit, this fucking big. And – uh I don't think they got over 50 rushing yards that, that night. And we just, we just, you know, that's another thing. You know, we just got to be able to step up to the challenge and understand, like, look, if, if we let these guys get a loose, it's going to be a long day. And, I mean, and obviously that night, you know, I, Georgia, Georgia could have had uh, all, all Americans across the board. They wouldn't have won that game. Yeah. Is that your favorite game from your time at South Carolina? I mean, I, I, you played in so many great ones, but I know it's it's really hard to top that that 2012 Georgia game. I mean, I, I know for many fans, no, people tuned in. Well, you can't you can't top that game. No, yeah. Uh, my 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 personal favorite game was the Missouri game. Yeah. But that game, like that, I tell people all the time, I never forget. Uh, a lot of people forget this. Uh, they were driving. And I actually I got lucky and I tipped the ball. I mean that's when Devontae Holloman caught the interception. And that was like that was the loudest I've ever heard that place in my life. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I, I tell people all the time because they love talking to me about it. I said, uh, me and Jadavion were standing right beside each other and I yelled and he still couldn't hear me. He couldn't hear me. That's how loud it was in that place. And we knew, like, you know, I talked to DJ a lot, and uh, I just talked to him the other day, and he, he, he said, man, you remember before the game that, you 
know, we like we were so ready to play that game. Like we couldn't sleep, we couldn't eat, like we couldn't do we were just so ready to play that game because we knew like this was this was it. It's time. College game day in town for that. That, that was a crazy day, man. And again, I, I know folks that are tuned in right now and Gamecock fans everywhere, that's still one of those that really you know, you'll just never forget where you were. You'll never forget that night. And and I would say some of the greatest football we've ever seen the Gamecocks play. I, dude, it's crazy. I was looking at your stats, by the way. And it's funny, man, when I think back to you, I think back to your career, all the great plays you had. But it's 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 hard for me to forget, man, the uh, the 2013 season, that that really that entire season, because you had nine and a half sacks, which is which is wild for a defensive tackle to have. But you always had, like, the jersey halfway up and the belly out, man. I feel like that was kind of your signature thing. I loved it. I loved the look. Yeah, I, my, I was – everybody always asked me why I started doing that. It was <laughs> – we played we played Georgia my, my junior year, and it mm. was hot. Yeah. Like, it was super hot that day. And – um. Coach Long used to always tell me when he was – because he had left that year. He went to Florida and yeah. he had Deke Adams. And, you know, Coach Long used to beg me, like, Chelsea, will you please just leave that jersey now? I'm like, man, look, I got to let this thing breathe, man. It's, it's hot. It's, it's like – I don't – it's going to roll up anyway because we cut – I get my jersey cut, so yeah. it won't – it could be as tight as possible. Hmm. And everybody – everybody loved it. My my mom hated it because she hated looking <laughs> at my stuff taking off the TV, but – it was okay. <laughs> oh, man. God. Yeah, that, that always – I just remember there was like a highlight from the UNC game where you're like dancing around after – I think it was like the final stop or whatever, and you got the yeah. jersey halfway yeah. up. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah, man. My, my, favorite, my favorite time of seeing that is when um, we played Mississippi State, and um, I actually played with this guy when I played for the Colts, and um, – mm. Uh, I think his last name was Robinson, and I came down the line of scrimmage, and I completely smacked him. I I cleaned him, and uh, everybody. And that's after that, everybody, all the students came up. Oh, we got to get belly shirts now. We want to have a belly shirt now. I love that. Dude, that's incredible. It just adds to the legend, my guy. Hey, you also when you were in Carolina. Yeah. I mean, you dude. I you uh. I was just gonna say, man. I mean, heck, you won. You won three bowl games. It, it's is there one of those you were talking about the Outback Bowl? Is that one your favorite, or which of the three bowl games is is most memorable? I tell you, man, to go no, through a career three and zero in bowl games—that's impressive. It's really impressive. Yeah, and and, and 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 you know, people people forget people forget all the time. Uh, we went thirty three and six in three years. Yeah, we went thirty three. Thirty three and six. That. That's incredible. I never realized that until. A couple of years ago, a man walked up to me and he was just like, "Dude, you know you lost six games in college." He said, "He said you know the, if you know Gamecock history, uh, yeah. we used to lose. We lost twenty-one games straight." <laughs> right. <laughs> and he yeah. said, uh, and, "And and he said it used to be rough, man." But my my favorite bowl game was uh, my last one at Capital One game. Um, I, I knew. I knew that that was potentially going to be my last game playing at South Carolina. Uh, I wish it wasn't. I, 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 everybody always asks me, "Do I regret leaving?" And I do. I should have. I should have stayed my last year, and I wanted to stay my last year. But yeah, that that Capital One Bowl that was 
So nobody nobody expected us to beat Big Ten. Oh, they're going to run the ball down your throat. They're big guys. Don't get me wrong. Those suckers are big, man. Mm. Those are some of the biggest offensive linemen I've ever seen in my life. Uh, they uh, they had a pretty good team. They had James White. Uh, they had a pretty good team, man. But that just the whole bowl experience, getting down there early, you know, Carolina fans always travel great. And uh, it was just spending time with my family and spending time with the guys. It was It was just – it was fun. You know, nobody, you know, we took practice series and stuff like that, but Coach Burry was kind of, you know, he was finally chill and laid back because, you know, we, we talked to him early in that week and like, you know, we're going to go handle business. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, really, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, Kelsey, that like to say today, oh, you know, bowl games don't matter. They're meaningless. And I, I just tell people, I'm like, I don't know, man. I think for South Carolina and you look back at those bowl games you guys won, and, boy, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that bowl games are meaningless when you look at how much fun those games were. And, you know, you have guys like Clowney and yourself and up that could have – you know, guys are sitting out now. And and uh, But I tell you, you look – I mean, those are some of the greatest memories in Carolina football history, man. It's like just to think – Yeah, if, I mean, you know. I mean it's, it's stupid. It's stupid to sit out of – I think it's stupid to sit out of bowl game. I mean, you 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 got a university that, that has given you all of the money to – play football, to get an education, to, to create a name for yourself, an opportunity for yourself to do something better with your life. You know, why wouldn't you play? Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I wish, I wish, you know, my, my goal is to get back into coaching and, and to, to, you know, kind of, you know, tell these guys, you know, that's the way you show appreciation to your university, man. Just go out there and play. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's fun. You can get a ring out of it. You get so many gifts. It's ridiculous. You know, I ate – I remember we went to the Outback Bowl. I ate Outback for like three or four months after that. I had so many gifts for it. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, these, guys, these guys got to play, man. And, and, and But the college game has changed now, man. You Everybody gets paid and everybody thinks they're professional. And half these guys are getting paid. They'll probably go to the NFL and won't do a damn thing. Yeah, I was going to say, what are your thoughts in NIL? I mean, dude, some of the, some of the numbers obviously are just – they're crazy. I mean, it, they're, like, I, I just – I think – I question your sanity if you're willing to give, like, a high school kid, like, $8 million who's done nothing. Like, yeah, what's like, the incentive gives, to go earn anything? Who gives a kid $8 million? Yeah. Who gives a kid $8 million? You're 18 years old. When yeah. I got to the NFL, my first paycheck was $23,000. I cried over that. Yeah. You know. Right. This is – this is – I mean – why it's just going to turn into a bit more, you yeah. know, kids not going like me, you know, with the tradition of my father going to South Carolina. And then a lot of people don't know this, but the reason why Elena Coates came to South Carolina, cause that's my cousin, you know, she came to South Carolina with, with her, mm-hmm. with me. And uh, we don't, we don't have that tradition no more. It's all about, well, and I get it. I was a broke college student. I right. get it. I understand. But at the end of the day, like you're taking the love for the game out of it and making it, making it monetary now. Yeah, it's nil's crazy, man. The way it's changed everything. Hey, Kelsey, this has been incredible. By the way, I, I really appreciate you calling in. Um, last thing before I get you out of here, I mean, again, I know we've talked Beamer this season. Well, actually, two more things. Because first, we got to talk about you, you guys beating Clemson the way you did. I, I mean, you guys whooped up on Clemson your three years there. You were the last three of the five-game winning streak. Favorite memories from the Carolina-Clemson series? I mean, again, the, I, I'll never forget, man. I'll never forget on that note, 2011. That was the year that Taj Boyd had tweeted about you guys up front, the defensive line, and said that the defensive line was average. And uh, that was obviously Melvin Ingram and Clowney's freshman year. And 
you know, you were there and, and uh, you guys just had their number during your time there. Yeah, I, I don't know if people remember this, but when I went to Marcus Lattimore's uh, signing day, mm-hmm. it's a video on YouTube, and I said, I'll never get beat by Clemson. I said that, and uh, I meant it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like those cats. They, some of them players are my friends and stuff now, but I don't like those cats. And, and, and they, they think that, that, that literally they think they shit don't stink. And, and I remember going in that stadium and people holding up signs about you and saying, oh, this guy sucks and that guy sucks. And, All right. So it, going up there and beating them, man, my, my favorite my favorite moment is in 2013 when we beat them at home. And I got a sack. I got Todd Gord. I, I actually stuck my finger in the side of his helmet in his ear hole and just yanked it down. I was trying to literally break his neck. Uh, then Clowney got him, and then he looks at him like, "Oh, you gonna help me up?" Mm, and then yeah. I never forget. I went to the combine, and I was walking with my agent, and I and I, I walked past Todd Boy, and I told him, "I said, I got your ass, didn't I?" And he couldn't do nothing but shake. He couldn't do nothing but shake his head. But yeah, that beating them cats, man. We could you could lose every game of the year. You beat them, we good. I could care less. Yeah, and I know, hey, we're, we're working to turn it around right now. I picked Carolina to beat Clemson. I think this is the year we snap the streak. So uh, I, think that, I think they will, too. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think so, man, with the team we have and, and uh, believe what Beamer's doing that final game. I, I, even though it's on the road. I mean, heck, you guys won on the road. Obviously, 12, man, that was a crazy game with Dylan getting a start and Kenny Miles getting a start and, you know, Clowney's four-and-a-half sack game. I mean, you know, it's uh, – one of the more memorable wins, for sure. Hey, final question, Kelsey. I'll get you out of here. If you had to pick one, obviously with your Gamecock ties, I'm sure this is one you may have to think about. But if you had to pick one tradition at Carolina that's your favorite, which one would it be? One tradition at South Carolina, which one would it be? Uh, the, 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 I, can, I can't get over Sandstorm. I, I I hear that I hear that anywhere I go I hear it on the radio or something like that like and even now how they got the towels in unison and they just go up and down and stuff now mm-hmm. it's stupid mm-hmm. like it's it's if if when I go to games and stuff like that man it's <clears> like I just I just want to go grab my helmet out the case and just say man you know what forget it let's do this let's do it again. <laughs> hey trust me there's been plenty of times since you left i've been like i'd love for kelsey quarles to suit up right now um yeah but, man yeah but nah dude, that's incredible kelsey like i said man i really appreciate you calling i know my audience appreciates it as well this this conversation insight anytime you want to call in my guy you're more than welcome and uh, i was gonna say also shoot me a dm and, and let me know your address where i can send you a care package man because we need we need Kelsey Quarles rocking some Beamer ball or Beamer Rattler or, or whatever merch it is you want to rock, man. We, we need we need Kelsey Quarles in the merch. So just hit me up and I'll take care of you. But seriously, man, we'd love to have you back on. This is incredible. And uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, my dude. Absolutely, man. And thank you for, for loving us. And thank you for always having our back when we got all these haters in the world. But we're going to prove them all wrong, I promise you. Yeah, man. I can't wait for kickoff. Kelsey, I appreciate you, man. Absolutely, man.